Hey everyone, this is Greg Schutz here for ReadyForTheDraft.com and this is the Ready For The Draft podcast. I want to welcome everyone who's listening in on uh, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, um, any of those media outlets that uh, are tuning in to Ready For The Draft podcast. We are through six weeks of the college football season and things are really starting to unravel for us just a little bit in terms of what the college landscape's looking like. Uh, you know, going down, LS, both LSU and OU fall from the ranks of the unbeaten. LSU going into, into Gainesville, going down to Florida, 27-19. The Red River rivalry, uh, OU-Texas in the Cotton Bowl. Texas pulling out the win, 48-45. OU going down three touchdowns before they they come back to to tie it up and ultimately uh, Cameron Dicker the kicker there for for Texas uh, getting that field goal to win it um, top top ten really looking uh, a lot different you know Auburn also went down uh, to, to Mississippi State twenty three to nine uh, Nick Fitzgerald in that game surpassing Tim Tebow the great Tim Tebow who was added to the ring of honor there in uh in Florida but uh Nick Nick Fitzgerald surpassing him as the all-time uh leading rusher for quarterbacks in the SEC. So for week 6, I was able to get through 15 full games from beginning to end. So now my count my my goal trying to get through um you know complete the viewing at least one game for each FBS program, all 130 FBS programs right now. I'm at 95 out of the 130. Uh, so continuing to work on that, trying to make sure that I see every single game possible. Um, as of this, this recording, um, I, I have a, uh, Georgia Southern Texas State game that is currently sitting on my DVR um, that I'm waiting to go ahead and and, and take a look at. Um, also, didn't get a chance to watch Fresno State and Nevada. Those are four teams right there that I haven't gotten to see yet. Um, I'll make sure that before the weekend kicks off um, with all the action that we're going to be having here for the weekend, um, I want to make sure that I get those games in. So uh, hopefully by uh, by Saturday, I'll be up to 99 out of the 130 programs. But, uh, you know, a week ago, you know, you saw Alabama um, really, you know, still a cut above. Tua Tonga-Vailoa, I think, is the Heisman favorite. Uh, you know, just 10 of 13, you know, three total incompletions, but threw for 334 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, the route was on against Arkansas, although Arkansas did move the ball quite a bit against that vaunted Bama defense. Um, so, you know, if there's a, a game plan or a way to... Uh, to beat Bama, uh, you know, take a page out of what Chad Morris was doing there for for Arkansas. Unfortunately, they don't have all the horses to be able to compete with with Bama from a a talent standpoint. But Arkansas, the game plan, um, you know, really really being able to move that ball against Alabama. There were some um, turnovers, you know, at inopportune times, you know, especially in the red zone there, but. Uh, you know, Bama once again sitting at the top of uh, of the college football landscape. Georgia in there at number two, 41 13 winners over Vanderbilt and uh, Ohio State. Um, you know, Indiana put up a fight. 
you know, the, the Hoosiers there, Tom Allen has them playing, you know, they're four and two and, uh, you know, after, after losing to the Buckeyes 49, 26, but, uh, they, they've got some good, some good players there. We'll be talking about that game here in just a little bit. Um, we'll get into talking about what I saw last week. So we'll talk about those 15 games. I want to get through some of my rankings as well. Um, see how much we can get through the, the trenches, start with the tight ends, and then uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get through the offensive line and uh, maybe even start on the defensive line, depending on how much time we have left in the podcast. Because I also want to make sure that we talk about you know what to watch for in week number seven. Uh, there are some good matchups that I'm going to make sure that I'll be too in and hope you will as well. Uh, but before we go ahead and jump into really the the agenda here for the podcast, um, you know, a, a week ago I, I talked about my my top five at the skill position play uh, positions, uh, skill position players. Sorry, and uh, you know it, what's funny is is I look back and I've completely redone my my top uh, top ten in all three of those aspects already. Um, after watching, you know, Will Greer, Drew Locke, um, you know, I've kind of flip-flopped the two of them. They're at the top of my um, of, of my quarterback group. Um, you know, I, I obviously I have Justin Herbert as the number one guy. Ryan Finley, I think, very efficient, sitting there at, at number two. But uh, you know, what what I feared with Drew Locke was, you know, he was Josh Allen 2.0. Um, Tremendously gifted athlete with uh, a cannon for an arm, but some serious accuracy issues. And Drew Locke, you know, was over sixty percent completion percentage, and we thought that he had really, um, you know, tackled that hurdle and really gone over to the next, um, you know, to the um, completing sixty over sixty percent of his passes. Um, but now that he's played against a couple of of uh, top um, top opponents there in the SEC conference. Um, you know, playing the likes of, of Georgia and, and South Carolina, you know, he was under 50% uh, from a completion percentage standpoint against both of those teams. Now, granted, you know, Emmanuel Hall, his number one wideout, um, you know, battling injuries, and he had to spread the ball around. But what, you know, you have to be able to to get the ball out to other receivers. That's one of the things that Will Greer is really good at. You look at the receiving core, now, on the whole... Does Will Greer have a better receiving core than than Drew Locke? Absolutely. Uh, David Sills, Gary uh, Gary Jennings, Marcus Sims, and then obviously uh, T.J. Simmons coming over as a transfer. Tevin Bush, uh, the diminutive one there at, at receiver. He's also developed rapport with tight end uh, Giovanni Haskins. Even Trevor Wesco getting into the game along with some of the running backs, Kennedy McCoy. Uh, catching the ball out of the backfield, the freshman Letty Brown as well, um, just really doing a good job spreading the football around. You know, he did have three three interceptions against Kansas, um, but all three of those in the red zone, really just trying to force the football. You know, rather than take what the defense gives him. Um, but it's one of those things: the deep ball accuracy, something that Drew Locke is really struggling with right now. So uh, I've moved Will Greer number three on my list. I know that's probably not the most popular 
uh, move. A lot of people are down on Will Greer. They, I hear the discussion about whether or not he can actually push the football down the football field. Don't know where that's really coming from. Um, I think the deep ball accuracy is definitely there. He can get the ball 40, 45 yards down the field. And what he does is he puts the ball over the outside shoulder, away from the defender, where his receiver can make a play and hit him in stride. Um, you know, It's not something we talked about Mason Rudolph's lack of arm strength a season ago. Balls would hang up. And his receivers, especially James Washington, would have to bail him out. That's not what you're seeing here from Will Greer. Um, you know, just that, that air of confidence. When you watch him play, you can tell that he has full command of that offense. And I think some of that confidence really um, you know, bleeds over just a little bit. And he trusts his arm a little bit too much. He sees the window. He's going to go ahead and fit it into, into a tight spot. And he trusts that arm way too much at times. And he's got to dial that back. And I think that a game against Kansas, hopefully that's a wake-up call. And he can really work on that because when he plays against some of the top opponents, when he's going to play against OU, when he plays against Texas, you cannot throw three interceptions in the red zone and expect to come away with a victory. You just can't. Um, but Will Greer is still sitting there at number three. I think you know Herbert and Finley have really separated themselves as the top two quarterbacks. Uh, Jared Stidham, um, just really inconsistent play from him. I've actually moved Daniel Jones from Duke into my uh, my top ten. Uh, Daniel Jones, 6'5", 220 pounds. He's a junior. He'll probably be back uh, there at Duke for a senior season with the Blue Devils. But seventy uh, percent passer, um, just has a lot of physical ability. And uh, Dwayne Haskins has made an appearance into my top 10. And I said last week, let's kind of pump the brakes on him as a a prospect here for the 2019 draft. And I'm not ready to anoint him as a first round prospect. But here's the thing with with Dwayne Haskins. Um, You watch him play and you can't help but uh, get excited about his ability to um, you know, to spread the football around um, and, and just the, the, the poise and, and the calm under pressure, uh, his ability to throw his receivers open. You just see him, um, you know, putting the ball where his receiver can, you know, only his receiver can get it and where they can turn up the field and make a play. The issue that I have with Dwayne Haskins right now, why I want to see him come back for his redshirt junior year, is you just don't see him push the football down the field. I watched the game against Indiana, and I charted all of his throws, and uh, very few going over 20 yards. In fact, he had, uh, let's see, you know, there were just four that went over um, over 20 yards in terms of uh, of the total distance. Um, you know, and only two of those were actually throws that actually went over over 20 yards themselves. There was a 39-yard a, a touchdown pass, um, you know, and, and back at the end zone, also a 31-yard touchdown pass. But uh, th- th- there was a 71-yarder that kind of inflated some of the, the, the yardage just a little bit. And that 71-yarder was really a four-yard four pass to uh, Paris Campbell, uh, who was coming in motion, busted coverage, was wide open. Um, basically hit him there in the flat, and he took it the distance, 71 yards, using that elite sprinter speed. But you know the thing with it was most of his throws, most of those completions were in the uh, zero to ten yard variety. You don't see him pushing the football down the field with any regularity, and that's the thing that worries me. Is you know when I did see him throw the ball, there wasn't deep ball at you know the the consistency with that deep ball accuracy. That's what really worries me. The the anticipation, the ball uh, the ball placement on the short to intermediate routes, excellent. 
you know, and, and that makes me wonder, you know, maybe he'd be the best fit in, in a West Coast style offense because I don't know if he can push the football down the field and, and be able to do that, you know, on a consistent basis. We know that Drew Locke can push the football down, you know, push the, you know, the football down the field. The question is, you know, the, for him is, you know, we already know that the deep ball accuracy for him, it's not always going to go where he wants it to go. Dwayne Haskins, I, I frankly don't really know because the offense isn't designed for him to throw the football down the field with any regularity. So can I definitively say that he's a, a first-round prospect? No, but the command of the offense, his ability to to the pocket presence, you know, the poise um, sitting there in the pocket, being able to uh, make quick decisions. Um, you know, one of his offensive linemen fell down. He moved to his right and was able to ultimately you know, get a throwback for a touchdown. Um, one of his six on the day, by the way. Um, so Dwayne Haskins, to me, I think he should come back for his senior or for his redshirt junior year. Daniel Jones from Duke should come back for his senior season. Um, number nine and ten on my board for for the quarterbacks: Nate Stanley, Shea Patterson, both juniors, both in the Big Ten, and both guys just having you know subpar seasons. You know they need to come back for for their senior years. Clayton Thorson, you know he's coming back off of that leg injury, and uh, you know from an accuracy standpoint, you know he's he's getting there. He's getting back to where he was. But uh, still, too many mistakes, too many, um, too many interceptions. You know, six touchdowns, five interceptions on the year thus far, and uh, you know, Northwestern really needs him to have a good second half of the season um, so that they can be bowl eligible and uh, finish the season strong. Um, I'm running backs. You know, I've got David David Montgomery as my number one back. I just love the way that he's able to put his foot in the ground and, and make those those cuts. Um, and just the vision, you see the vision, you know, to be able to see those holes, put his foot in the ground and get there. Um, you know, he was out uh, last week in their, their win over Oklahoma State. Um, Benny Snell Jr. out of Kentucky, still sitting there at number two for me, um, just runs with attitude. You have to, you know, have to love that out of, out of Benny Snell. Uh, Bryce Love, I'm moving him down the board, and he might continue to fall. You know, this is a guy from a durability standpoint, you really have to worry. When he is healthy, he is one of the most explosive players in all of college football and has that, that sprinter speed, that breakaway speed uh, to take it the distance. But yet again, you know, sat out another game. They lose to Utah 40-21, to and Bryce Love is on the sideline. Stanford's a much different team without Bryce Love. Um, and you know, that's one of the things I really worry about is, is, is he going to be durable enough to really be, a, be the guy there at the next level? Justice Hill? 510 190 pounds that, that you know out of Oklahoma State you know he's one of the smaller um, backs in terms of um, you know in terms of size overall but you know he, he's one of those guys just that lateral quickness the elusiveness um, his ability to, to shake guys in the hole um, we'll talk about him more as, as we talk about the uh, Oklahoma State's game um, last week Damian Harris look you know I'm, I'm not the, the the biggest fan of, of Damian Harris to me I, I watch him play and you know, back-to-back thousand-yard seasons, but um, you know he, he he looks a lot like just a, a just a guy, you know, to me. But then he busts off these the, these these big runs. You watch him running with with uh, with a forward lean, runs behind his pads. You know, always falling forward, the leg drive. You know, being physical, and there's not a whole lot of uh, wear on those on those legs. Um, like a lot of other backs have, um, because he's been sharing the load there at Alabama. So he's into my top five. Um, 
you know, Miles Gaskins right there. Devin Singletary knows how to find the end zone. Uh, but I've got Zach Moss and I've got Ryquel Rock Armstead from Temple uh, that I've moved them into my top 10 now. You know, Zach Moss, um, you know, a guy who can get the job done for the Utes on the ground. He's only a junior, um, 5'10", uh, 215 pounds. But, uh, you know, over over 500 yards on the ground thus far, uh, 5.8 average. Um, you know, and then there's Raquel Armstead, you know, 626 yards, six touchdowns, 5.1 average for him. And, uh, you know, the two of them, I had to move them into, into my top 10. Um, they're basically bracketing, uh, Daryl Henderson, uh, the, you know, speedy, um, Memphis tiger who, uh, every time he touches the football, it looks like he, he has a chance to, to go the distance. And, you know, I, the more I look at the wide receiver position in this draft, it, it's just loaded. You know, there's a lot of talent at the receiver position. And, uh, you know, it really makes you wonder what's going to happen in the draft. Are there going to be, because there's such a focus on defense and there's so much talent at the defensive position, um, you know, are the the top three or four receivers, you know, are we going to see something similar when, you know, Corey Davis, Mike Williams, and uh, John Ross were taken in the top 10 just a couple of seasons ago? Probably not going to happen there. But really for me, if I'm looking to take a receiver in the top 20 to 25 picks, I want someone who's going to be explosive, you know, who can make the explosive plays. And the more I looked at my my top five, you know, Nikhil Harry is someone to me who is big. He's physical. Um, he's he's going to manhandle you. He looks like a man among boys out there. But the question is separation. Is he going to be able to separate at the next level? And you know that's one of the concerns that I have. So I've actually moved him down on my board to number four. Um, AJ Brown, six one, two hundred twenty pounds out of Mississippi. He started as my number one receiver, and I've moved him back there, and you know with good reason. You know he's number number nine in the country in terms of receiving yards at five hundred eighty six, uh, forty four receptions, four touchdowns. Um, you know he's shown the ability to to get vertical. You know he shows the strength after after the catch. Uh, excellent hands. You know big catch radius, and, and all the focus on him has allowed DK Metcalf, you know, the 6'4", 220-pound redshirt sophomore to really shine and come out, you know, come into his own as a wideout as well. And uh, for me, you know, DK Metcalf, you know, he's, you know, that size, but his ability to really stretch defenses and that speed, that's something that you don't see from uh, Nikhil Harry. So I had to move him up on board. He's actually sitting at number three. So the two uh, Ole Miss Rebels are bracketing um, Marquise, Hollywood Brown, as Joel Klatt would say, there goes that man every time the 5'8", 186-pound uh, Oklahoma Sooner touches the football, you know, he has a chance to go the distance. Only a junior, but, you know, 675 yards uh, receiving through the air and, and seven touchdowns, you know, a game-breaker for sure. Um, you know, to round out my top five, I've, I've talked about it before, but, you know, let, let's let's go ahead and just keep on talking about these receivers. Uh, Kelvin Harmon. He, he was a guy that I was very high on. I had him in my top 10. Don't really know why I dropped him. I think you know what was really frustrating for me was watching him, you know, uh, you know, an elite receiver, letting the ball get into his body a lot. And I think that's what really you know turned me off a little bit with Kelvin Harmon. But he continues to make plays. He continues to produce week in, week out, and uh, has been Ryan Finley's top target throughout the season. So he's really, he's moved back into my top 10. I uh, actually have him sitting at number six. Number seven on my board is, uh, 
I'm sorry, actually Kevin Harmon's at number five. Number six on my board is, is JG Arcega Whiteside, you know, the basketball player, um, just so physical and uh, his ability to just go uh, go, up, go up and get the football, the high point, um, those 50-50 balls and, and the back shoulders. He he's, he's excels at those. Um, you know, number seven, uh, little Jordan Humphrey moving up. You know, can just continues to move up uh, up draft boards. I know it's not only mine that he's moving up. Uh, 6'4", 225 pounds. He and Colin Johnson. Colin Johnson sitting at number 10. And, uh, you know, he was someone who I had, again, in, in my top 10 at the start of the season. And these two big physical receivers, I think Colin Johnson, for me, on the outside is just so physical. But you wonder about separation at the next level. Lil Jordan Humphrey has a little bit more uh, pep in his step. He's someone who has the speed to, to get vertical um, you know, he's physical after the catch, you know, both of these guys have large catch radiuses, you know, very strong hands. Um, you know, so those are two that, you know, to keep an eye on throughout this draft process, Debo Samuel. Yes. You know, from an, you know, he's explosive and, uh, you know, he, he's sitting at number eight right now for me, but, um, he needs to get better quarterback play. And, you know, really it's going to be throughout the draft process where you're going to see Debo uh, continue to move back up draft boards. You know, everyone remembers that he he went down for the year a season ago and he's trying to get back, trying to get a lot of looks. And, uh, you know, when, when you're, you have a quarterback who's struggling, that's really where you're, you're going to run into some issues. David Sills at number nine for me, 6'4", 210 pounds, you know, 18 touchdowns a season ago, just a very intelligent player. The former quarterback, you know, understands how to read defenses and, and finds the soft, soft spots in the zones. Um, excellent route runner. Uh, and I do have Emmanuel Hall sitting there. I have him uh, at number 10 along with, with Colin Johnson, 6'1", 196 pounds, battling those injuries right now, um, but someone who... When he was healthy, he and Drew Locke were just lighting up defenses, getting vertical time after time. Um, so he's someone who definitely has the speed, like I said, to get vertical. When you talk about these guys, you know, um, it's just so much size. You know, uh, AJ Brown, you know, six one, Metcalf six four, Nikhil Harry six four, Harmon six three, Arcega Whiteside six three, you know, Humphrey six four, Sills six six uh, four. Colin Johnson, 6'6". I mean, you just keep looking at all these large receivers. Miles Boykin, 6'4", 228 pounds. We haven't even talked about him, but he's uh, starting to move up draft boards. Um, You know, the best receiver in the MAC, Anthony Johnson, has been battling injuries, but he's 6'2", 207 pounds, 1,300 uh, yards a season ago. The best FCS receiver is 6'3", 210 pounds. That's Keelan Doss out of UC Davis. Um, You know, so... You know, a lot of guys that just have a lot of size. Then you have the guys like, obviously, Hollywood Brown. You've got Debo Samuel. Paris Campbell's another one. Elite speed and guys who can get down the field. A lot of receivers here, um, you know, to to really be mindful of um, as we get into the draft process. But some other names, real quick, just to to bring up. Um, Andy Isabella. This was a guy that I talked about uh, in my first podcast of the season. And uh, just so you know from his stat line, 54 receptions, 834 yards, 8 touchdowns on the year. Uh, he's the number one wideout in terms of receiving yards in the FBS right now. So, uh, you know, definitely a guy that you want to keep an eye on. I think he's really moved his way into uh, the third day. Um, so I'm glad to see that he's playing well. Um, Taryn Onkelod from, from Tulane, another guy who I think could be a vertical threat, um, over, um, you know, just continues to, to be, to get vertical, um, there for the green wave. 
Uh, and then Jonathan Duhard out of all, uh, Old Dominion. I talked about him uh, a week ago, uh, the 6'3 receiver, big, physical. And, uh, you know, if you look at the national rankings, you know, he's he's fourth on the on the list with 706 receiving yards um, on, on 42 receptions there in, in six games for uh, for Old Dominion. And uh, for me, Duhart's another one of those big physical receivers and someone who needs to uh, get some attention throughout this draft process. Zach Paschal playing for the Indianapolis Colts. I think Duhart's actually a better pro prospect than Zach. Um, and I, I think that's saying something because Zach Paschal's, um, you've been having a pretty good year there for, uh, um, for the Colts, um, getting out onto the field and, uh, you know, is, is produced a little bit for them. Um, Preston Williams out of Colorado state. He's only, a only a junior. I'm sorry. He actually is a senior and, uh, you know, 578 yards. He's number 10 on, on the rankings. Um, I talked about him a couple of, uh, or a few weeks ago, Colorado state, not having the best year, but, uh, the transfer from Tennessee, uh, big physical six, four, 210 pounds. Um, you know, another six, four receiver, it's amazing all the size with these guys, uh, but Jalen Hurd, you know, dropped dropped some weight um, to play the receiver position, and uh, he's among the you know top fifteen receivers in the country. Five hundred fifty receiving yards thus far. Um, needs to learn the nuances of the position, learn some route running a little bit, but you definitely see the athleticism. He is going to play on Sundays, so you know I've named off probably you know what fifteen. 16 wideouts right now and that's not even mentioning guys like Hunter Renfro who you know is going to find an NFL roster at some point because he is uh, one of the better possession receivers in the game right now Um, but you know that receiver position like I said it's going to be fun to watch it's going to be interesting to see just how many of the juniors come out um, you know because you know, next season you're going to have the LaVisca Chenaults from from Colorado you're going to have uh, Let's see. Jerry Judy from Alabama is going to be is going to be out there. Um, so some of these these sophomores and juniors that uh, are making their way onto the national landscape. The the big question is going to be who's going to be coming out and who's going to be staying for their senior season. And that's really what uh, you know what's going to um, make all the difference um, with this receiver class. In my top ten alone, um, let's see the top seven. Um, and eight of my top 11 are, um, juniors with the exception of DK Metcalf, who's a redshirt sophomore. So a lot of underclassmen that are dominating the, the receiver position. So it's, it'll, like I said, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but uh, a lot of talent, a lot of depth. Um, it's going to be a fun end of the season. So let's go ahead and talk some tight ends. How about that? Let's go ahead and get into talking about our top tight ends in this draft. And uh, you know, right now, my number one um, tight end is is Noah Fant. Still, um, you know, six five, two hundred thirty two pounds out of Iowa, the junior. Um, you know, you look at him, and uh, you know, a season ago had eleven touchdowns, five touchdowns already in, in just five games. Um, you know, caught just nineteen passes. Um, so you figure, you know, he, he's scoring a touchdown, um, you know, under, you know, every, every four, four receptions, he, he scored a touchdown. Um, so Noah Fant knows how to find the end zone. Um, he's going to be one of those vertical threats. He's going to be a guy who's going to test very well. Um, 
in uh, in the 40, much like Evan Ingram. Um, but I think the best overall tight end in terms of uh, the ability to to catch the football and block is Caden Smith out of Stanford, 6'5", 252 pounds. Um, hasn't scored a touchdown yet um, on this season, but uh, you know has already caught 27 passes versus 23 all of a season ago. Um, had five touchdowns last year, but a guy who just knows how to get open has tremendous hands, a huge catch radius. Um, I was just watching the Utah game and he had a corner draped all over him and he was still able to extend for that football, strong arm, uh, strong hands, extended those arms away from the body. So that, that cornerback who was again, draped all over him could not get to the football. Um, another, uh, excellent receiving tight end is Albert. O. Albert Owebunum um, from Missouri, 6'5", 260 pounds. Uh, the, the junior, 11 touchdowns a season ago, uh, 27 receptions for just under 200 yards and, and two scores on the year this year. But another guy who uh, is a weapon, um, you know, lining up in the slot, um, at, all over the field, he even splits out um, quite a bit, especially now that Emmanuel Hall is, is no longer there, um, you know, a, as a weapon while he's injured. Um, Albert O becomes Drew Locke's number one target, and you know, being able to catch the ball on the outside with regularity, uh, his body control um, for a guy that size, um, you know, he's someone who I think is going to continue to move up draft boards, as is Irv Smith Jr. Uh, 6'4", uh, 250 pounds, uh, the junior out of Alabama, a guy who just gets vertical, um, you know, and, and shows the speed to run away from defenses. Um, you know, his um, per catch average, uh, you know, 20, 20.8 yards per catch. I mean, that's that's just unheard of for, for a tight end. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he tests in, in the 40 at, at the combine um, should he enter the draft. He's someone who could sneak up draft boards, um, again, much like Evan Ingram did. Evan Ingram was a top five tight end, but he was able to sneak his way into the first round because of that 40 time that he ran. Um, you know, number five on my list, or um, yeah, number five on the list is Caleb Wilson out of UCLA. Uh, 6'4", 235 pounds, a little, little on the lighter side there, but the junior, um, you know, a season ago, uh, nearly 500 yards receiving um, so far on the year. Has 18 catches, 243 yards, a 13.5 average. Uh, excellent route runner. Um, runs well after the catch. Um, you know, he's someone who I think could definitely split out. They could line him up all over the field. Um, Jay Sternberger out of Texas A&M, 6'4", 250 pounds. Uh, the junior, you know, his his story is incredible. You know, he started his started at Kansas, was a third string tight end at uh, Community College before moving to Texas A&M, and uh, has been uh, a huge bright spot there for the Aggies. 22 receptions, 351 yards, uh, five touchdowns. Uh, a guy who knows knows how to get open, um, excellent hands, um, runs well after the catch, finds the soft spots in the zone, and to me, you know, Sternberger is someone who's definitely moving up some draft boards. Um, if you've noticed, all all six of my top tight ends are all underclassmen. So when you talk about uh, who who the top tight ends are, the, again, all underclassmen is. Are we going to see every single one of them enter the draft? You know, that's going to be the big question. But uh, to me, that's really where you're going to see a lot of the um, the bang for the buck is going to be the, those underclassmen at tight end. Um, number seven on my list, Tommy Sweeney out of Boston College, 6'5", 260 pounds. 
um, show that he can, you know, he's more of a, a, you know, of a receiving target than I think people will give him credit for, um, you know, Boston College running the football a lot more this year. He had 500 yards a season ago, just 123 so far this year, um, has scored three touchdowns already on the season. Um, but when you've got A.J. Dillon in the backfield, you're going to try to ride the um, ride that wave as, as long as you can. Um, so, you know, the 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 may not be as many balls to go around, but again, Tommy Sweeney, one of the best uh, options there for Anthony Brown. So I anticipate second half of the season, especially in ACC play, um, you're going to see Tommy Sweeney catching more passes there for uh, for the Eagles. Number eight, C.J. Conrad, 6'5", 252 pounds. You know, he's an athletic tight end there for Kentucky. Somebody who can get up the seam, excellent hands. Uh, he's the one to me who I think is probably known even more for for his blocking ability. Um, you know, is is a guy who does a great job opening holes and 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 uh, sealing off the edge for for Benny Snell, um, Zach Gentry out of Michigan. He's number nine on my list. Six eight, two hundred sixty two pounds, a big kid. Um, you know, a season ago had 17 catches, just 303 yards and two touchdowns already on the year, surpassing those numbers, 20 catches, 360 yards and a score. Um, you know, he, he's improved his route running, um, it, it has this, this knack for being able to go up and high point the football. I mean, he's six, eight. Um, so he's already a matchup nightmare, but a guy who can really extend for the football. And, uh, you know, I think he's continuing to improve, also improving as a blocker. Um, so someone who's making, making some noise there. Um, and then Alizé Mack, uh, out of Notre Dame, you know, six, four, 251 pounds. And the thing for Alizé Mack is, you know, he, he's becoming more and more of a weapon now that Ian book is a starter there for Notre Dame. He's become, um, one of his favorite targets, you know, nine receptions, uh, just this past week. And, uh, just a guy who, you know, he makes plays, you know, and, uh, finds the, finds the soft spots in the zone, um, runs routes really well. And, uh, you know, just, you, you don't realize just how much he actually does until you look at the stat sheet and you're like, wow, you know, he's, you know, nine receptions and, uh, you know, someone who, who can definitely get down the field needs to work a little bit on his blocking, but you know, I think most of these tight ends are more of the, the pass catching variety. So, you know, I think that's one of the things that they're really going to need to, to shore up to be guys who, uh, are going to get a ton of playing time at the next level. So those are my tight ends. And before we get into the trenches, I want to talk about what I saw last week. Um, Again, 15 games watched over the course of uh, you know Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, you know quite a few uh, prospects that I got to watch. You know Troy versus Georgia State. That was the first game that I got to see there. Veterans Memorial Stadium, Troy, Alabama. Uh, the Troy Trojans taking out uh, Georgia State, 37-20. And I'll tell you, the guy that I really wanted to watch was Sidarius Rooker, the safety, 6'1", 205 pounds. Um, was a dynamic punt returner, you know, elusive in the open field, able to make defenders miss. Um, but he's not just a returner. Um, you know, don't don't think that he's just a you know a guy who you're going to have as a weapon in the return game. Um, someone who definitely comes downhill very well in run support, um, wraps up and you know wraps up well in the in the open field. I think that's one of the things that you really saw time after time was his ability to um, to wrap up and. and um, you know, there was one play where he went to try to deliver a big hit on the tight end and didn't wrap up, and the tight end bounced off and uh, was able to pick up some extra yards. But when Rooker is is lining up against a guy, especially someone who 
um, you know, receivers, running backs in the open field, he's able to go ahead and, and, and uh, wrap them up. Um, good blitzing off the edge and uh, getting to the quarterback. You know, he's really someone who I think plays well in the box and uh, has, you know, shows some ball skills as well. But I think he's an in-the-box in the defender and a guy who's, you know, a, a no-nonsense guy there um, for, for the Troy Trojans. Penny Hart, he's a junior. He's only 5'8", uh, 180 pounds, but uh, very um, dynamic, um, vertical threat, um, able to beat the, the, you know, the corner off the ball. Uh, tracks the ball well over his shoulder. Um, he, he just needs to um, prove that he can be durable, and that's one of the things. You know, is he going to be able to stay on the football field? Um, you know, and you know, being so slight and being so small, um, you know, that's one of the things you have to worry um, for a guy that size. But um, he's definitely a vertical threat, a guy who I think could excel in the slot. Only a junior. He'll be back for a senior season there at Georgia State, but definitely a vertical threat. A guy who can run. Um, not only is he a good route, uh, good route runner, you know, sinking his hips, very explosive in and out of his breaks, but he tracks the ball very well over his shoulder as well. Um, again, if he can stay healthy, um, you know, he he's someone to watch there at, uh, at Georgia State. If you ever get a chance to watch him play, um, he's very exciting. Houston, Tulsa. Uh, Houston got the victory here, 41-26 at home there on Thursday night. And, uh, you know, Tulsa, Tulsa was, was hanging in there. They actually had a lead, uh, you know, there in the third quarter. They were up 23-17. Um, and then with, uh, you know, 13-09 to go in the fourth quarter, 26-17. And then uh, De'Ara King, the quarterback, busts off a 61-yard touchdown with 12.30 to play. Next thing you know, um, Houston battling back. You know, that was 26-24, and ultimately Houston goes on to win uh, 41-26, scoring the final 17 points of the game. Um, but I really wanted to watch, obviously, Ed Oliver, uh, the, the top defensive tackle prospect, and he doesn't disappoint. This guy uh, is just maximum effort all the time. It's so explosive off the ball. You look at his stat line, and you know everyone knows about him. He's not going to sneak up on you like he did as a as a freshman, um, and and you know really as a sophomore, uh, teams were still trying to figure out how to defend him. Um, and I'll tell you. You know, he saw double teams. He was triple teamed at times. But, you know, when you're so explosive off the ball, you know, he has a very uh, quick swim move, that arm over to uh, get early penetration into the backfield. Um, it's hard to, to double him up. It's hard to double and triple him. You know, he'll split the double team. And, uh, you know, once he does, you know, he's so explosive, that short area burst to get to the quarterback. Um, you know, he's so relentless in pursuit of the football. Excellent uh um, you know, with backside pressure, um, you know, pursues the, the running back down the line very well. Um, just so exciting. And, uh, you know, that was what I, I really wanted to tune in and watch. But I'll tell you what, there's a guy who, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at it now and I need to make some changes to my top 10 of my offensive guards um, because Tulsa has a guy, 6'6", 327 pounds, Tyler Bowling. I'll tell you what, when Tyler Bowling lined up against Ed Oliver, he more than held his own. So when draft scouts are going to be looking at this guy, if he put on the, the game tape against uh, Ed Oliver, 
Tyler Bowling's draft stock is going to shoot through the roof because he what what you saw out of him was you saw the knee bend, you saw his ability to play with leverage, and frankly, you know, with his size, six six and three three hundred twenty seven pounds, he engulfed Ed Oliver, and you know he has enough quickness laterally to cut him off. Um, Ed Oliver would try to attack his, you know, either his, uh, you know, inside or outside shoulder, and either way, you know, either direction, Tyler Bowling was was uh, up to the task. Um, you know, just very, um, very good hips. You know, firing off the ball gets underneath the the pad level and uh, just kind of sits down and and good uh, lateral agility to mirror his his man. Very physical with with Ed Oliver as well. Um, you know, he, he has, has a little bit of a mean streak to him. Um, just manhandling guys on, on run plays, especially, uh, you know, showed some, some, uh, um, you know, some tenacity there against Ed Oliver in the run game. Very good on some of the combo blocks. Um, you know, to me, you know, Tyler Bowling really helped himself in that game. You know, when you, you're looking for some of those matchups and Tyler Bowling versus Ed Oliver was a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, that was really the highlight of, of that game for me. So let's see into Saturday, you had Michigan against Maryland, Michigan getting out on top 42, 21, Rashawn Gary missed the game. It was his first game missed while at Michigan, um, dealing with a shoulder injury, um, you know, re-aggravated it there against Northwestern. That's kind of kept him, you know, slowed him up a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, Chase Winovich, uh, again, you know, just a guy who just flies around to the football, just so much fun to watch, um, you know, really uh, getting after the quarterback and uh, you know, making life miserable for for opposing co- uh, quarterbacks. Only two two tackles on the day. Um, you know, Michigan. Um, I think only had just a couple of sacks on on, on the day as a whole. Um, but Winovich was someone who was getting into the backfield and affecting plays. Um, you know, play in and play out. Uh, but really, you know, what what really stood out to me in this game was. Uh, you know, some of the development from, from Shea Patterson. Um, you know, I thought he showed, you know, very patient to allow his receivers to come free. Um, you know, I, I thought that he did a really good job going through his progressions. Um, you know, the poise in the pocket, his ability to roll out and, and hit his receiver in stride. Um, you know, there, he did hold on to the ball a little bit too long at times and, uh, you know, rolled out, tried to throw the ball up to, uh, to Zach Gentry and, uh, the DB was able to go up and, and make a play on the football and, and pick it off. But, uh, you know, it was one of those things to me, what I, what I enjoyed, you know, it was 19 and 27, 282 yards, three touchdowns and that one interception, um, you know, Karan Higdon, the running back, 5'10", 202 pounds, you know, the senior, um, you know, had, had 30 carries, you know, a week ago, uh, but someone who just wears down defenses, you know, I think he's continuing to get better and better as the season goes on. You know, just a very physical runner between the tackles, and uh, someone who could very well be cracking my my top ten when it's all said and done. Um, you know, there there are a few guys that are that are still there in that top ten that you know I'm really waiting to to see if they're going to produce. When you've got a guy like Karan Higdon who week in and week out is is, is showing that um, he can be a viable candidate to. Uh, you know, to make an NFL roster, he's moving up draft boards. Um, you know, Ben Bredesen, the the guard, you know, 6'5", 320 pounds. He's a junior, 
but don't be you know don't be surprised if he doesn't climb into the the top five, um, you know, of, of the offensive guards. I thought you know he he does a really good job um, getting out in, um, in into space, um, pulling you know and uh, you know really good hips um, to get around and, and on, on a seal block. Um, it's, it's really rare um, you know that there's there's to see a, a junior. Uh, captain there at Michigan, they were talking about that on the broadcast. But you know Ben Bredesen is is definitely that. Um, you know the the two offensive tackles for for Maryland, um, Damian Prince and, and Derwin Gray. Um, you know Damian Prince six three uh, three hundred twenty pounds. Derwin Gray uh, Gray six five three hundred thirty pounds. The two seniors to me look like offensive guards. I think they're both going to kick inside. Guys who will probably be day three picks, but guys who can develop, they'll have that versatility that will also play uh, the tackle position that are going to help them probably be around fifth round, uh, fifth to sixth round, but guys who I think could definitely make an NFL roster. Uh, West Virginia, you know, we talked about that earlier, 38-22 uh, uh, was the final. Will Greer, the stat line, you know, 28-41, 300, uh, let's see, I can't even read my writing, 332 yards, four touchdowns and the three interceptions, like I said, all thrown in the first half, all in the red zone, um, really just trying to force the ball where he really didn't need to. One of his interceptions reminded me a lot of uh, Malcolm Butler's interception of Russell Wilson in the, in the Super Bowl, um, you know, but didn't really need to make that throw forced it in and the, and the corner was able to step in front of the receiver and pick off the pass. Another one, he was throwing a slant and uh, didn't see the safety to the inside. Um, just forcing it into windows that he just didn't need to, to make the throws. And that was one of the things that, you know, again, I think he trusts his arm a little bit too much, but uh, at the same time, there's a lot to like when you watch Will, Will Greer, um, you know, the ability to push the football down the field, you know, that arm strength to be able to drop it in over the receiver's shoulder. You didn't see him um, under throwing his receivers at all. He was hitting him in stride and uh, allowing the receivers to make plays after the catch. Um, you know, Yadni Kajust, you know, the, the left tackle, the more I watch him, the more I think he can be. Uh, a tackle at the next level. I was looking at him for a long time as a as a guard, 6'5", 321 pounds. But I thought he had excellent feet moving laterally with um, with the defensive ends in the, in this game. Uh, quick first step out of his stance. Um, you know, was able to reset his feet and anchor. Um, you know, as you know, and didn't really let the defensive end walk him back into the quarterback. Um, to me, Yadni Kajusis helped him over the la- helped himself. Greatly over the last few weeks, I actually have him in my top five on the offensive tackles. Um, Kansas, look, you know, Kansas, you know, still has a long way to go, but you know that defense again, you know, three interceptions. Wilger also uh, coughed up the football, you know, fumbled once. So Kansas among the top in the league in terms of turnover margin, and uh, they also have a guy who's going to be playing on Sundays, and, and that's Daniel Wise, the six-three, two hundred ninety-pound. Uh, senior defensive tackle. You know, he was lining up also as a 3-4 defensive end. Um, you know, he just has that explosiveness, that quickness off the ball to get early penetration into the backfield. Uses that swim off the ball to beat uh, to beat the right guard off the snap and uh, get penetration early against the run, get a tackle for loss. Um, you know, lowers his shoulder um, to get a bull rush on the right tackle. Um, it was a 36th career start. Just a guy who's a lot of fun to watch. A guy who just plays with a nonstop motor, as does Joe Deneen, uh, the the middle linebacker. He's 6'2", 235 pounds. 
um, instinctive, you know, does a decent, uh, decent job dropping into coverage. Um, you know, just a, a guy who's not going to wow you from a, a physical standpoint, but someone who just has a, um, a, a nose for the football and a guy who just, um, he's just a football player, you know, a guy who I think could end up making an NFL roster, if nothing else, as a, as a special teams guy. Um, David Sills, you know what, you know, one of the things for him, um, there are a lot of receivers that are, are really outperforming him right now. Um, you know, I, I talked about him and his ability to to understand routes and and run run excellent routes, sinking his hips. You know, a guy that size, showing off, uh, off really good hands, um, high pointing the football. But here's the thing: I said really good hands with high pointing the football. At the same time, this was a guy who had a lot of drops. You know, just easy. You know, those are the you know he makes the hard catch, but the easy receptions he loses those concentration, and it's been dropping balls that he should be catching. You know, seven receptions, seven seventy four yards, and a touchdown. But there are a couple of balls that just went through his hands. He's got to allow his his uh, you know help out his quarterback a little bit. You know, when they play, the, like I said, Texas and uh, and OU. If West Virginia wants to be a team that that's going to be considered for for the playoff, he's going to have to be better catching the football. Alabama and Arkansas, like I said, sixty-five thirty-one. Tua Tonga was just unreal again in that game. Um, you know, Damian Harris showed soft hands in the passing game. Um, you know, it lowers his shoulder on on the the one yard line. Um, and uh, ran over Ryan Pulley, the, the corner, then dragged someone else for, for a total of 11 yards um, to get out of their own end zone. Um, you know, had a huge hole on this 18-yard game, but what, what you saw was the, the burst to get there and, and the quick acceleration. He was into the second level, um, you know, very quickly for a guy his size, 5'11", 215 pounds. He, he's a guy who, like I said, you know, for a long time I was looking at him and I said he was just a guy. But, uh, you know, he's, he's someone that uh, the more you watch him play, the more you really start warming up to him. You know, 15 carries, 111 yards, two touchdowns, also uh, one reception for 13 yards. Um, you know, defensively, man, you know, Quinton Williams is probably the best defensive player for Alabama. I mean, that's saying something. 6'4", 289 pounds, uh, the redshirt sophomore. Um, you know, I was just looking at my top 10, and uh, Quinton Williams isn't in there. So I need to make sure that I update my website um, before, uh, before, <laughs> before, the, before the weekend because, to me, Quinton Williams should very well be in that conversation. Again, only a uh, redshirt sophomore, but he is eligible for the draft. 6'4", 289 pounds, just so explosive off the football. Another guy who uses his hands very well, beating the, the center off the snap. Um, you know, pressures the quarterback, um, you know, beat, uh, you know, a, a, a guard, you know, in, um, Halte, uh, Froholt, um, you know, someone who, you know, is, is one of the better guards in, uh, in, in the conference. He had some good, uh, some good battles with, with Froholt who was able to hold his own for the most part. Um, but just, you know, one of the plays, there was a fourth and one, there was a pitch to the running back to the perimeter 
and and Quentin Williams was able to get down the line to ultimately drop him for a loss with uh, with Isaiah Bugs. You know, just that athleticism just jumps off the film at you. Um, as as does the the athleticism for for Deontay uh, Thompson. You know, six two, one hundred ninety six pounds, uh, the junior playing a lot like Minka Fitzpatrick all over the football field. You know, able to affect the 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 pass over the top. Also comes down and run support. Um, delivers a you know a, a blow to the ball carrier. Um, does a really good job. You know, playing underneath the post route. Um, you know, to make a play on the football. Um, Someone to me who just continues to get better and better the more you watch him play. Um, you know, it's his first year starting, so you wonder if he's going to come back for a senior year there at Alabama. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. You've seen a lot of guys do that, um, you know, for the Crimson Tide. But uh, nine tackles, a pass breakup, and a, and a fumble recovery. Someone who definitely um, just week in, week out has just been so consistent. Um, Jonah Williams, you know, I, I'd be remiss if I, I didn't also mention Jonah Williams, uh, 6'5", 301 pounds. Um, to me, he's the most complete offensive tackle in all of college football. Uh, he, he can play with power. He can uh, use his agility, um, the lateral quickness. Um, you know, He's so, so effortless with his kick slide. Um, he can climb to the next level. Um, and, and take on linebackers and, and safeties in the running game. Um, just so technically sound, you know, keeps his, keeps his rear end down and, and is able to fire off the ball, uses leverage and uh, generates uh, some movement with his leg drive, uh, just caves in the left side on a lot of run game, um, on a lot of run plays, just so physical Um Again, 6'5", 301 pounds. The junior, to me, should be the top tackle taken uh, come April. So I did mention, um, you know, um, Halter Froholt, you know, 6'5", 315 pounds. No sacks given up in 614 pass uh, protection snaps. Um, Someone who just shows really good hands. Um, The hand fighting there, just able to... Um, to get under the pad level of, of Quinn and Williams and, and stifle him there off the ball, um, can pull around and, and seal, you know, make a seal block, and uh, you know did a good job also sealing um, Raquan Davis and was able to climb up, make a, a combo block, get up to uh, to Mac Wilson and, and seal him off as well. Um, just the athleticism that you see from Froholt, um, you know, plays both both guard and center. I think he'll be a guard at the next level, but someone who I think has definitely helped himself. And then finally, I talked about Irv Smith, 76-yard reception on the first play from scrimmage. Basically, um, you know, it was kind of a busted play, but, uh, you know, quarterback on a naked boot and just showed some speed, just ran by everybody and uh, got vertical. And, uh, you know, again, Irv Smith, the more that he makes plays there with uh, with, with Tango Bailoa, uh, the more you're going to sit there and say, this is a guy who uh, is probably going to be, um, uh, you know, taken in the first two days of, of the draft. OU in Texas, you know, that Red River rivalry, uh, 48-45, Longhorns come out on top. Um, you know, Marquise Brown, I talked about how, how explosive he is, the speed on the perimeter, uh, nine receptions, 131 yards, two touchdowns. 
Um, you know, to me, you know, I watch Bobby Evans and he's somebody who continues to move down on my board. You know, he's, uh, you know, another 300 pounder, six, five, um, but was manhandled by Charles Amenahu. He was just thrown down, um, off the ball and, uh, ultimately resulted in a, ta- a tackle for loss on Kyler Murray, um, on a run play. Um, you know, to me, he needs to work on some of his, his footwork, needs to work on some of his, his technique a little bit. Um, you know, he, he doesn't sustain his blocks, you know, the way that you'd like to see. And, uh, you know, to me, he's a great athlete, but he looks more and more like a right tackle who's playing out of position. Um, you know, man, I, I talked about Colin Johnson and Will Jordan Humphrey, their, their stat lines for the game. Uh, LJ, uh, nine, nine catches, 133 yards and a touchdown. Colin Johnson, six receptions, 81 yards and a score. You know, what you saw out of Colin Johnson was just the physicality on the outside, his ability to, you know, when they threw the, threw him the football, you knew that he was going to come up with the catch, you know, he'd make a, a quick slant and, uh, you know, there's just no way that that corner was going to get to the football because he was shielding the ball so well from the defender and, uh, then just so physical after the catch as well, um, you know, LJ though, you know, showed some, some good run after the catch, um, you know, that size and toughness, he's so tough to bring down because he is so big, but he runs really well. Um, you know, so, um, those were two of the standouts there, um, for Texas, um, two names to, to really be mindful of, uh, up front, Charles Omenahu, um, he's 6'5", 275 pounds, defensive end, uh, got a sack and a couple of tackles for loss on, on the day, Gary Johnson, the rover um, linebacker, six foot, two hundred thirty pounds, runs very well. He'll test very well at the combine, um, and then obviously the the two corners, uh, Chris Brown, uh, Chris Boyd, uh, six foot, one hundred ninety pounds, uh, Devonte Davis, six two, and uh, two oh five. Just so big, so physical. Um, to me, I think Chris Boyd could be a shutdown uh, receiver on the outside. Uh, Davis is going to be more of your, your physical press corner, but I think, you know, Chris Boyd is someone who you can leave on the outside. He's someone to me who is continuing to move up draft boards. Um, San Diego state knocked off Boise state 19 to 13. Um, got to watch Brett rip in there. Um, had a really shaky day, 21 of 41, 170 yards, two touch, uh, I'm sorry, two interceptions. His first two interceptions on the year, throwing 12 touchdowns before he actually, um, threw his first interception, um, had two on the day. And uh, he 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 looked like he was, you know, he was under dis- under duress for for a lot of the game. But he just he looked like a guy who, you know, his arm arm strength just was not there. He wasn't able to get the ball to a lot of the um, you know the receiver open receivers like he wanted to. Uh, being able to throw throw the football across the field to the wide side, you know, on an outbreaking route, um, struggled to make those throws. He started the game four of ten for fifteen yards. You know, that's one of the things that really worries me about Brett Rippon for the next level um, and any chance to make the roster. Six two, two hundred two pounds, but uh, I thought just average arm strength makes a lot of really good decisions. Eighteen career three hundred pa- uh, passing yard games. Um, which is a school record for, for Boise State. He broke Kellen Moore's record of, uh, of 16. He's an intelligent quarterback, and that's really why Kellen Moore was able to stick around on, on an NFL roster. But I, I just don't see Brett Rippon being a, a viable option as a uh, potential starting quarterback at the next level. Iowa State, Oklahoma State, the Cyclones coming off with a victory, 48-42. Um, and Brock Purdy, the, uh, the freshman freshman quarterback, 
threw for four touchdowns and uh, ran for another one, 84 yards on the ground, 318 yards through the air. Um, it was a really a, a nice bright spot uh, taking over for Zeb Nolan there at quarterback. Um, you know, they needed to needed to get some production because David Montgomery was out for the game, um, you know, battling an injury. So um, Brock Purdy was the one that really shouldered the load. You saw Hakeem Butler using his strength. Um, you know, another guy, you know, I, I didn't realize, but, you know, grew up with uh, the Harrison twins and, and you saw the basketball, you know, ability. You know, he's another big receiver, another junior and, and someone who I think could climb up some draft boards. But to me, I'd really like to see Hakeem Butler come back for his senior year because there are so many bigger receivers. I think he's one to me that you can have yet another big year there for the Cyclones, um, you know, get in, work with uh, with Brock Purdy, who I think is the future you know, there for the Cyclones. I think he can have a big year next year and be one of the top receivers in uh, the 2020 draft. Averaged uh, 17.3 yards per reception so far on the year. Um, Greg Eisworth, the sophomore uh, safety, we'll be talking about him next year. Um, just a guy who plays very well in the box, plays over the top in the passing game. But again, I think he's known for uh, making plays against the run. Um, you know, Brian Peavy, you know, cornerback, nobody's really talking about 5'9", 194 pounds, you know, very tight coverage, cover corner, um, uh, very physical, um, wants to press you, wants to, um, force tight windows. Um, you know, I, I think he's, he's excellent down the football field, does a good job turning and locating the football, um, you know, plays, um, you know, makes makes plays on the on the ball as well. You know, he didn't see a ton of balls thrown his way. They're picking on DeAndre Payne, um, but Brian Peavy, when the ball was thrown his way, he was someone who was definitely making fo- uh, making plays on the football. You have an athlete there at linebacker and Willie Harvey, six foot, two hundred twenty four pounds, the senior, uh, filling up stat sheets. You know, left and right, he had four ta- uh, four tackles, um, one and a half, four loss, uh, twelve tackles a week ago. Speed off the edge as a blitzer, um, does a good job shooting in, into the backfield um, to affect the run. You know, there's one play where he beat the block of, of Justice Hill um, and, and was able to show really good balance and then ultimately affect uh, affect the quarterback on that blitz. Um, you know, someone who, like I said, does a really good job both versus the run and the pass can drop into coverage a little bit. Um, an undersized linebacker, but someone who can, again, if you can run um, at that linebacker position, you may have a home at, at the next level. The game's changed a little bit, and uh, I think Willie Harvey's someone who who can make an NFL roster. And then, obviously, for Oklahoma State, Justice Hill. Um, let's see, 24 carries, just 66 yards and a touchdown. Um, but again, the jump cuts. His ability to—he was just so so sudden and elusive. His ability to make people miss in the hole, um, you know, eleven straight games with a rushing touchdown. Um, you know, we're tied for 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 most in, in Big Twelve history. Um, you know, he's stronger this year. You know, he runs through contact. A lot of the runs where he he was going down um, to initial contact, he's running through that contact now. So even even though he's 190 pounds, he's a lot stronger than he was a season ago. Um, struggles a bit in, in pass protection still, but uh, that that elusiveness, his ability to stop and start, and his ability to catch the football out of the backfield um, is, is something that I think at the next level makes him um, a, a weapon that you could potentially see him coming off the board, second, third round range would make perfect sense for me. 
LSU and Florida. Florida with the win there at Ben Hill Griffin uh, Stadium, 27-19, knocking the number five Tigers um, you know, from the ranks of the unbeaten. This was a game that really showcased um, Ja'Kai Polite and, and a guy who I thought, you know, who really um, got got after the quarterback, affected plays, so athletic coming off the edge. Um, you know, the speed to, to, to get to the sideline in the, in the run game. Um, when he was rushing the quarterback, the hands to slap the, the left tackle's hands aside, then rip through and, uh, and get underneath the pad level. Um, you know, forced to hold by by Sadiq Charles. Um, you know, it was really uh, making uh, Sadiq Charles work because uh, he took him up the field, was able to dispose of him, and uh, be able to come back inside and and get after the quarterback. Um, you know, you saw him, like I said, affecting both the run and the pass. Um, was able to drop into coverage as well, and uh, you know, made a play on on the football and coverage. Um, there was a um, I don't I, I don't remember if it was a reverse or a jet sweep, but did a really good job with outside contain, set the edge, forced uh, the receiver Derek Dillon back inside uh, to the inside linebacker Vasan Joseph. Uh, Jakai Polite, he's 6'2", 260 pounds, is going to be a you know an edge rusher, um, someone who I think is going to move up draft boards, someone who could be a you know a, a first round pick. I think he's probably a day two guy right now. Um, you know, Vasan Leonard, uh, I'm sorry, um, I was a basketball player. Uh, Vasan Joseph, 6'1", 227 pounds, excellent uh, range, you know, sideline to sideline, was blitzing the quarterback, seemed like he was living in the backfield, um, making plays all over the football field. Um, you know, Vasan Leonard, or Vasan Joseph, 14 tackles, two sacks, um, you know, three and a half tackles for loss, you know, just making plays all over the field, as was David Reese, uh, 11 tackles on the year. Um, on the game, uh, 6'1", 239 pounds, only a junior, but showed excellent range. It was really, he, he kind of, you know, was, wasn't making a ton of plays in the first half. And then all of a sudden he came, came out to the second half and was just making play after play after play. Um, you know, what was fun to watch was Todd Grantham's aggressive defense getting after LSU. Um, and that was something that was really, really fun to watch. Um, Martez Ivy, I think. Um, 6'5", 315 pounds, showed uh, some decent leverage and pass protection, able to get some movement in the running game. I think to me, he's someone who looks like he'd be best uh, as a guard. I think he can anchor versus the bull rush. Um, and uh, like I said, moves um, is, is really a people mover. But, uh, you know, I, I thought he was slow to pick up, you know, Michael Divinity coming off the edge. Uh, Divinity got a quick hit on the quarterback. So I think that that lack of, of lateral agility is what's going to ultimately kick him inside. But I think he can definitely play um, and, and start potentially at the next level. Uh, Devin White, you know, 6'1", 240-pound junior, to me is, is the best, uh, best inside linebacker. He's going to be the Roquan Smith of, uh, of this year's draft. Um, you know, blitzing off the edge, shooting gaps, um, able to, you know, show just show absolute, you know, excellent range, um, times his blitzes so well, um, backside pressure, able to chase, chase the football down from behind, um, plugs holes going downhill, 
Um, showed some decent hips and, and coverage. Low in his back pedal. Um, you know, Devin White. You know, is is definitely a lot of fun to watch if you haven't gotten to, to see him play. Uh, Greedy Williams, six three, hundred eighty four pounds. Um, you know, struggled a little bit with a double move. Ultimately, um, you know, was was beaten, but you know there was a poor throw and ultimately. Um, didn't have to worry about that. He likes to play up on the line of scrimmage, likes to get in your face. Um, you know, he, he struggles to get off some blocks and, you know, wasn't much of a factor in the running game, but somebody you can definitely play on an Island, um, has excellent hips, um, turns and runs with the man, um, does a great job using the sideline to his advantage, really being able to pin his man uh, to the sideline and uh, not allow any space there. So Greedy Williams, someone who I think um, you know could definitely be the, the number one corner when it's all said and done. Talked about Ohio State and Indiana. Talked about Dwayne Haskins already. But uh, the secondary, Damon Arnett to me, I moved him into, into my top 10. Actually moved him right up the boards. Um, I was looking for some corners that were making plays, and this was a guy who play after play was just in the hip pocket of, of those receivers and was making making plays on the football. He was in phase, um, just showed a knack. Um, you know, the, the ball skills were, were definitely evident. Um, Kendall Sheffield, a lot of people are really high on, on, on Kendall Sheffield. To me, he, he struggled against Nick Westbrook. Nick Westbrook, 6'3", 215-pound junior, a name to watch for next year. Um, I, I thought he was a very good route runner, um, very quick out of his breaks, and uh, he was getting vertical against Kendall Sheffield and was able to fade towards the sideline, and that that separation that he was able to create at the end of his route, um, you know, Sheffield ha- was having a hard time locating the football, and I thought that he was getting beat. Um you know, I, I, I still have Kendall in, in my top 10, but I don't have him ranked nearly as high as a lot of other people do. Um, you know, the guy that I was really impressed with uh, for Indiana was was Wes Martin. Uh, 6'3", 316 pounds, the senior. Um, you know, when he was matched up, whoever he was matched up with, and he was matched up with a lot of the defensive tackles there at Ohio State, they rotated a lot of guys in and uh, just played with very good leverage. His hands... Um, the hands were were critical to his success. Kept him inside, kept him underneath the pad level, right there on the chest plate, and uh, you know they didn't move. And you know his ability to get uh, to get low, standing defensive tackles up, generating um, you know some some power in the running game, very physical off the ball, and uh, you know showed the power step to to get in front of uh, Draymond Jones. Um, you know, to me, I thought Wes Martin really helped himself in this game. Um, was was one of the standouts there up front for for the Hoosiers. Um, speaking of Draymond Jones, you know, he he was quick, um, you know, off the ball shooting gaps, but that was really focused on um, playing against the right guard. You, you saw that that he, if he wanted to make make an impact in the game, he was going to have to move away from Wes Martin. And really, when you saw him making most of his plays, it was on the right side of that line. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, the running back, six foot, two hundred fourteen pound uh, sophomore, um, showed some lateral lateral movement that I didn't really realize he had. I thought he was very much a north south guy, but uh, the the lateral cuts um, in the open field very elusive. And then the hands had one handed catch um, on, on one play uh, in the flat. There was another ball that was thrown behind him, and he was able to get full extension on the ball. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing J.K. Dobbins next season during the draft process um, because I think he's somebody who um, can challenge for that number one running spot or running back spot 
next season. And uh, the last guy I want to talk about um, is Isaiah Prince, uh, 6'7", 310 pounds, um, showed really good punch, you know, was very quick out of his stance. Um, that kick slide, that first step was just so long. Um, you know, that's one of the things he's going to have to watch out for. But, you know, after that very quick feat and uh, someone who I thought, you know, did really well um, on the outside there for uh, the Buckeyes. Kentucky against uh, AM, 20 to 14 in overtime. Josh Allen, um, 6'5", 260 pounds. If you haven't gotten to watch him play, he's a lot of fun to watch. Ten and a half tackles for loss and six sacks. Both lead uh, the SEC and just so explosive. That first step is amazing, uh, just how fast he gets off the ball. Um, uses his hands, um, you know, able to, to flip those hips and uh, run the arc in a hurry, able to get underneath. Uh, the pad level, you know, showed the ability to drop in coverage and was actually um, underneath coverage on a throw to Jay Sternberger, able to tip the ball away, showing that he's not just a pass rusher, uh, can do a little bit of everything, you know, backside pressure, um, able to also chase down the running back from the backside, um, just a motor that just would not stop. Um, to me, Josh Allen, the best outside linebacker in the draft. Um, was playing with his hand in the ground, also as a stand-up uh, stand backer. Uh, the versatility um, was apparent in this game. Uh, the running backs, you know, uh, Trayvon Williams, or Travion Williams, I thought, got the best of, of Benny Snell in the game. 24 carries, 138 yards, and a touchdown. Um, also six receptions for 72 yards. Benny Snell, just 13 carries for, for 60 yards. Um, you know, Kentucky... Wasn't really able to generate a whole lot of offense. You know, one of their their scores was uh, was made by the defense. Um, you know, Benny Snell coming into the game, 127.8 yards per carry. Um, you know, 5.6 yards per rush. Um, you could see the, the the vision. You know, the ability to find the crease. There wasn't much room, but was still able to find his way to get through there. Um, has the speed to get uh, you know to get to the edge from the wide side, and. Uh, you know, in pass protection, that was one of the things that I thought was really impressive was his ability to just the awareness, you know, being able to see, okay, there are multiple guys on one side. I, you know, had a couple of chip box on a couple of guys, made a diving uh, block on a defensive end to keep his quarterback upright. Um, just really a, an intelligent player. But Travion Williams, the explosiveness out of him, not only, you know, the, the explosiveness, but the patience to uh, allow his blocks to develop. Uh, the vision to, to see the open field and be able to plant and uh, get to the outside. Uh, Sternberger blocked down on the linebacker, and he was able to bounce it to the outside for a big gain. Uh, soft hands in the passing game. Uh, Travion Williams, he's 5'9", 200 pounds, just a junior. Um, you know, I, I think he'll be back for a senior season, but a guy who I think um, in, in next year's draft process is someone who's going to move up draft boards. Mike Edwards, you know, he's in my top 10 as safety, six foot, 200 pounds, um, took a bad angle uh, to the running back, um, ultimately got underneath two blockers on the outside, and um, Williams was able to get to the outside. I think he underestimated the speed of Williams. They talked about that on the broadcast, and I, I concur. You know, it was one of those things, um, you know, he really allowed the the outside um, because he had the blockers, he thought that he could take that inside angle to to Williams, and ultimately he allowed Williams to get down the sideline 
if he had gone taking the outside approach, at least he was able to force Williams back to uh, back to other defenders and force him back to the inside, keep that outside contain, and uh, just took the bad angle. And you know, Williams again a lot faster, had the burst that uh, he wasn't expecting. Um, but Mike Edwards is somebody who I think is another in the box safety, a guy who can play the run very well. Um, showed some some decent coverage. Um, you know, inside inside leverage, being able to to go up and and uh, make a play on the football as well. Uh, Derek Beatty, a corner, veteran corner, six, uh, you know, he's a four-year starter there on the outside. Um, did a really good job not letting the the quarterback get outside on his own read. So he's physical in the running game as well. Um, the size there on the outside, you just worry, you know, for a guy who's 6'3", is he going to be able to sink his hips and really you know, play against some of the, the, the speedy, um, some of the speedy receivers at the next level. Uh, Washington, 31-24 winners against UCLA at the Rose Bowl. Um, you know, the, the Washington defense taking on uh, DT, DTR, as everyone's calling him, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, uh, the, the true freshman um, out of Las Vegas. Uh, one of the guys I really wanted to watch was Byron Murphy, you know, 5'11", 182 pound redshirt sophomore, um, you know, very patient, didn't really give any ground, waited until the receiver committed before he would actually, um, you know, take off and run. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, got him into trouble, you know, he had his eyes, um, eyes in the backfield as, uh, you know, in, in bail, bail technique, and uh, happened to see Caleb Wilson, the tight end, move into the into the flat, and you saw him take a step towards the tight end, and allowing essentially his man. Um, it was, uh, gosh, who was it? It was Theo Howard, who released behind him, nine yard touchdown. Um, you know, ultimately, you know, making mistakes like that. You know, those are, are young mistakes, um, but what was so impressive was his ability to, to really stay in phase. You know, the, the hips just so fluid, effortless in, in the transitions with the hips, you know, stays very low in his back pedal and uh, just a tremendous athlete, someone who can be a shutdown corner. I just would like to see him come back for one more season to really work on, uh, you know, the nuances of the position. We know that he has the ball skills. We know he has the athleticism, but, uh, you know, you really, if you want to be a lockdown corner, you can't, um, you know, fall victim to some of those, those plays. You have to make sure that, uh, um, that you're reading the play correctly and, uh, you know, you're, you know, watching your keys and, uh, being able to, to make those, the, the right decisions there, um, out on an Island. Um, let's see who else can we talk about from this game? Uh, Caleb Wilson talked about him as a tight end. Um, you know, just showed a really good job plucking the ball out of the, out of the air. Um, you know, created some separation on uh, an in-breaking route and, uh, was able to slide down and, and pick up the, uh, pick up the ball, um, before, uh, before it hit the ground. Uh, Miles Gaskin, you know, for me, He's another one of those who has excellent vision, sees the cutback lanes, three straight seasons with 1,300 yards on the ground, um, just a model of consistency, 5'10", 193 pounds. He finishes the run with a powerful leg drive, lowers his pads, um, excellent balance because he runs with the lower center of gravity, um, just a lot of fun to watch. Um, 
Let's see. You know what? Caleb McGarry is going to be a top 10 tackle. He's 6'8", 324 pounds. He's very much a right tackle, very physical, caved in the right side on a, uh, on a number of run plays, long arms, really locked out uh, those arms against the defensive end. And when he did that in the pass in the passing game, uh, that defensive end was, wasn't going anywhere. He basically just stifled that rush and ended it right then and there. Um, Notre Dame, everyone talked about Virginia Tech being the best team that they had to face going forward. Uh, and uh, the Irish, number six in the country, uh, took down the Hokies 45-23 in Lane Stadium. And uh, obviously Ian Book you know, is a story for them. You know, Since he's taken over a quarterback, they just have a more dynamic offense. They play with more of a sense of urgency. Um, you know, 25-35, um, 271 yards, two touchdowns, did throw an interception, his first interception in, you know, 90 attempts. Um, but just made all the right decisions, very efficient. You know, his first drive, uh, seven for seven for 54 yards. Um, just very, very intelligent quarterback, um, knows what to do with the football, excellent touch, um, puts the ball where only his receiver can go and get it. Miles Boykin, I talked about him, 6'4", 228-pound uh, senior receiver, um, big, physical. He's a presence over the middle, um, definitely a weapon in the um, – in the red zone, um, able to separate from the cornerback on a corner route, catches the ball up and over his head before he's going out of bounds. Um, does a good job in in, in uh, you know in the ground game as well as a blocker. Had a seal block on the linebacker to help Dexter Williams on his 97-yard touchdown. And uh, you know, speaking of Dexter Williams. 5'11", 215 pounds, the senior, you know, missed the first four games from being suspended. You know, he's made a lot of mistakes, um, and, you know, teams don't really have to do their homework with him, but, um, you know, he was very patient to look for holes. Um, that 97-yard touchdown, you know, he ultimately put his foot in the ground, uh, was able to cut off uh, a couple of the blocks, got north and south, and ran away from all the defenders for that 97-yard touchdown. Um, you know, teams, if someone wants, all it takes is one team to – take a chance on, on, on someone with a troubled past. Um, but teams will really, again, have to do their homework there with, with Dexter Williams. Ricky Walker was double teamed and triple teamed at times during the game. Didn't really get a chance to make a, a ton of plays, but uh, you saw the, the athleticism, his ability to get outside and chase book all the way to the sideline for no gain uh, to the short side of the field. Um, you know, he's someone who I think, you know, can play in a three, four, he can play in a four, three, um, you know, versatile uh, defensive lineman. Um, you know, Tavon Coney had another big, big game. Uh, so instinctive versus the run, but also showed that he was able to to drop I- into coverage. Julian Love, you know, not only a, uh, a shutdown cornerback um, and found out, learned something new that he's the all-time leader at Notre Dame in, in pass breakups. They announced that on the on the, the broadcast, but uh, you know, he he also recovered a forced a fumble recovered it and returned it 42 yards for a touchdown flew downhill and just lit up the quarterback um the quarterback was under duress as it was uh fleeing uh, uh Khalid Kareem and uh was able to get a hit on the quarterback picked up the fumble and took it in for six uh Khalid Kareem you know 6'4 265 pound junior defensive end um just was was tremendous getting after the quarterback um 
five tackles, one and a half sacks, two total tackles for loss, a pass breakup, and a quarterback hurry. Seemed to live in the backfield. But here's one of the things. We talked about you know, Draymond Jones going away from um, Wes Martin. Most of the damage that was being done, whether it was Julian Aquara or Khalid Kareem, it was not against right tackle uh, Yeshua uh, Nijman. He's 6'7", 314 pounds, excellent length, and he was a guy who just repeatedly um, was sliding, lining up, squaring up. Uh, even Jerry Tillery, who I think is one of the best defensive tackles in the game right now, um, ability to just slide, get in front of him. You know, and, and he was always seemed to be under control, not really uh, panicking at all, um, utilized that, that those long arms and, and really good feet, um, showed the ability to be a little physical in the running game. I didn't realize, I thought he was more of, of a finesse guy, but he offered some uh, some physicality and, and able to generate some movement there in the running game. Um, but just a really good job squaring up the, the defenders on the outside and uh, showed some decent uh, lateral movement. He's someone who's definitely moving up some draft boards in my eyes. Uh, speaking of Jerry Tillery, um, a lot of damage done. Um, you know, six, seven, three hundred five pounds. Very active, violent hands. I think that's one of the things when you watch him. A lot of the slaps and rips, um, just so powerful off the ball. Um, you know, they they had an interesting stat in the game. Um, you know, they talked about how you know, first thirty five games. Uh, just four and a half sacks, and in the last seven games, eight and a half sacks. I think you know the the burst off the ball is much improved, but uh, at the end of the day, it's the hands. I think that's the thing that really jumps off the board or off the off the uh, the video for me is 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 uh, Jerry Tillery's hands. You know, if you want to have a defensive tackle get after quarterbacks, um, you know, you want them to be be violent off the ball, and he's definitely that. Um, Mississippi State against Auburn, you know. Uh, Jared Stidham, just 50% completion percentage there, 214 yards, really struggled um, in, in the passing game. Nick Fitzgerald was a beast on the ground. Uh, Montez Sweat, you know, a guy who can just get after the quarterback. You know, three tackles, three, three of the all, all three of his tackles were sacks. Two more uh, um, quarterback hurries as well. Just does a really good job extending his arms into the tackle and then ripping to get to the edge. Um, just has the, the versatility, his ability to, to work outside and then get back inside. Um, just such a, a talent, a guy who I think should be a, a top 10 pick and uh, has moved up to number two on my board um, at defensive end. Um, I thought Derek Brown um, for Auburn, 6'5", 325 pounds, very quick off the ball, shooting the A-gap to get early penetration into the backfield. Um, you know, splitting double teams, um, showed some power um, to really muscle by the the guard and get into the backfield. Um, needs to work on leverage a little bit because he lost leverage at times. So Dion Calhoun and, and Elton Jenkins, the center, um, you know, was stood up a couple of times off the snap. But uh, when he was able to stay low and fire um, off the ball, he was he was definitely a menace and really getting after them. Um, you know, showed uh, the, the the burst to be able to actually drive Jenkins back into the backfield. Um, when he was able to keep that pad level low. Uh, Dion Calhoun, um, like I said, 6'3", 320 pounds. Uh, Elson Jenkins, 6'4", 310 pounds. Calhoun um, is someone who I think can be moving into my top 10 um, at the offensive guard position. I thought that you know his performance against Derek Brown on the whole, um, he did a pretty darn good job. And then Elson Jenkins, just so athletic. The biggest issue that he's going to have is 
um, you know, being able to, to anchor against some of the bull rush um, and not get pushed off the ball. That's going to be the biggest thing for him. And then finally, um, Utah, 40 uh to 21 winners over Stanford. Chase Hansen, the linebacker, 6'3", 230 pounds, played safety, also playing linebacker for them. Um, can blitz off the edge, get to the quarterback in a hurry. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, he shot in downhill off the edge, just drilled the running back two steps after the after the mesh, uh, just ran by the 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 guard Brandon Fenica, and just lit up the running back. And uh, you know, excellent hips to drop in coverage as well. Uh, Zach Moss, um, nine carries, 76 yards, two touchdowns in the first half. Um, you know, excellent also in, in pass protection, um, but just someone who shows the ability. You know, he's not too shifty, um, wants to get north and south, but a guy who can make a make a lot of plays um, running the football. So that's what I saw last week, breaking down some of the players as well. Um Probably spent way too much time talking about uh, what I watched last week, but you know what? I enjoyed watching watching the games. You know, that's 15, 15 games um, that we just went through, and uh, a lot of guys that are really jumping out to me that I'm, I'm enjoying watching play. Um, so I'm looking at my, my top five, my top tens, and uh, we'll have to save the defensive linemen for next podcast. So we'll do that next week. But I do want to get to the offensive linemen, offensive tackles. Jonah Williams, again, my number one offensive tackle in this draft. Um, just, you know, he can do it all. You know, there's really, um, you know, the, the run game, he can he can be physical. You know, he's, he's also... Um, very light on his feet, effortless kick slide and pass protection. You know, Greg Little out of Mississippi. A lot of people are down on him. Um, 6'6", 325 pounds. Um, the junior to me, and I, I have to, to go back through my notes here, but uh, you know, he he's someone that you know there, there is some inconsistency. Um, you know, out there on the on the edge, but uh, you know, I think the length, the athleticism. He has all the tools to be a uh, a left tackle at the next level, and uh, you know I, I really want to see how he tests. I also want to see how he does throughout the rest of the season. He's going to be going up against some top um, defensive linemen in uh, in the SEC, so you know it'll be um, one of those matchups that you really want to be able to see you know week in and week out against everybody there. In uh, in the SEC conference, um, you know I think he has some inconsistent hands, um, you know some technique issues. You know he is a little little on the raw side, but uh, you know definitely a, a tremendous athlete, a guy who I, I think has excellent movement skills. You know someone, um, you know you, you just can't teach that for for an offensive lineman. And uh, you know I was looking for my notes um, against Alabama. And uh, watching him on the outside, his ability, you know, the kick slide was just so effortless uh, against Anthony Jennings being able to, to slide and pick him up. Um, he was too quick for, for Raekwon Davis. That was another guy that he was matching up against. Raekwon Davis, um, you know, when he was at his best, it was on the inside against Ole Miss because every time he went and lined up against Greg Little, he was getting shut down. Um, so I thought Greg Little definitely helped himself against Alabama. And uh, right now I still have him penciled in at number two. 
Uh, number three on my list, David Edwards, 6'7", 305 pounds out of Wisconsin, the former tight end, just a junior, but someone who I, I, I think continues to impress, um, someone who, you know, is excellent in, in the running game, um, you know, Nineteen starts um, coming into the season, um, like I said, a converted converted tight end plays in ninety five percent of Wisconsin snaps. Um, so someone who definitely um, is very durable as well. That's something that you want to see. Um, you know, I, I just want to see him take the next the next step. You know that he can be very physical, but he needs to be able to move his feet as well in pass protection. Dalton Reisner, six five, three hundred at Kansas uh, Kansas State, uh, three hundred pounds. And, uh, you know, the right tackle, he looks like a right tackle, plays like a right tackle, struggles with some of the speed rushers. Some people are talking about him possibly kicking inside to guard. I really don't see it. I think he's the guy who can play tackle. He's going to be a right tackle at the next level. Um, but he can be very efficient, you know, pro football focus. And I keep talking about this with him, but he graded out at 90.3 overall and uh, you know 98.9 in pass protection with just three quarterback pressures. Yes, he does struggle a little bit with some of the speed off the edge, but uh, you know he's someone who I think is very efficient at the same time. Um, so that's one of the things I would take that efficiency overall. You know with uh, you know with with Dalton Reisner any day. Jodney Kajust, I talked about him already, uh, 6'5", 321 pounds, improving every day for West Virginia. Isaiah Prince um, of Ohio State. Has definitely impressed me. Um, you know, I, I didn't realize that he had uh, as quick a feed as he did. Um, Nijman mentioned him. He's my number seven tackle. Max Sharping, uh, you know, 6'6", 320 pounds out of out of Northern Illinois. Very efficient tackle. Very, you know, a technician. Uh, needs to watch, you know, the the speed rush. You know, he may end up being another guy who's going to kick inside to guard. But I think he's an intelligent um, uh, tackle. High football IQ. Um, he just struggled in, in the game that I got to watch against Iowa. Uh, AJ Epinesa had a field day running around him. Um, so someone who's going to have to you know, show that he can um, take on some of those edge rushers might be a guy who can kick over to the right side um, because I thought he was also effective in the run game. Um, you know, Caleb McGarry, we talked about him, 6'8", 325 pounds. Physical, physical tackle there for Washington. Um, and then Bobby Evans rounds out my top 10 for the offensive tackles. Um, at the offensive guard, look, Wisconsin, when you talk about guards, um, you know, Wisconsin, you have to start that conversation there. Bo Benshaw, 6'6", 317 pounds. Uh, Michael Dieter, 6'6", 328 pounds. These two guys just generate movement. They're both athletic. They can get out and pull. Um, you know, Michael Dieter, the thing for him is that he also has um, experience playing offensive tackle. But uh, I'm glad that he's playing guard this season because he, he's going to be uh, a starter at the next level at, at guard. Uh, Chris Lindstrom is another guy. He's playing at Boston College, 6'4", 310 pounds. Another uh, big physical lineman who has experience at the tackle position who's playing guard. Um, I think the three of them are really going to battle it out for the top offensive guard position. You know, Michael Jordan of Ohio State, he's a junior, 6'7", 315 pounds. He's playing center this year, a 6'7", center. But uh, definite, definitely excellent length. And, uh, you know, a veteran who's played in every game there, uh, started in every game for the Buckeyes. Um, you know, I think guard is ultimately going to be his home. I don't know that you want to ha- necessarily have a 6-7 uh, center at the next level, but, uh, uh, you know, 
Halter Froholt. Um, I talked about him. You know, I, I definitely thought that he had a great game against Alabama. Um, Alex Bars going down to injury there for Notre Dame, but uh, I thought was his, was uh, the the Fighting Irish's best offensive lineman. Definitely someone who could generate movement in the in the run game. Has experience as a tackle as well. Martez Ivy out of Florida, you know, six five, three hundred nine pounds. Um, you know, struggles a little bit with some speed rush. But uh, another physical presence who I think can kick inside to guard. Uh, talked about Wes Martin already. He's number eight on my list. Um, Nate Herbig out of uh, out of Stanford. You know, 6'4", uh, 339 pounds. Uh, the junior uh, has struggled. You know, he struggled mightily um, uh, against um, a lot of different po- um, Pac-12 opponents. Also struggled um, against Jerry Tillery. Um, was the victim um, there of the, the four-sack game. Um, was repeatedly, you know, thrown aside, struggled to really hold the point of attack. And, uh, you know, he's going to have to really rebound the rest of the season and show that he can be physical um, if he wants to move back up draft boards. He was the most efficient Stanford offensive lineman a season ago, according to Pro Football Focus. And I just hope that he's able to regain that, uh, you know, that edge. Um, and then Ben Bredesen out of Michigan, only a junior, 6'5", 320 pounds, probably coming back for a senior season. But uh, someone you know who I think can can definitely uh, play at the next level and, and be a starter. And then finally, the center position. You know, I talked about Elton Jenkins and, and the athleticism. Tyler Biotish, uh, 6'3", 316 pounds. He's only a junior, but uh, definitely a guy who who can be a rogue grader, can be nasty, but also be be athletic and get out and pull. Uh, Ross Pierschbacher, 6'4", 303 pounds. Play center and guard for the for the Crimson Tide. Um, a very efficient, very intelligent offensive lineman. Connor McGovern out of Penn State is 6'5", 307 pounds. He's playing offensive guard, playing right guard. I have him penciled in at center. Um, he's a junior, could come out for the draft, probably going to stay there for a senior season, which I think would be a benefit for him. Very physical, physical offensive lineman. Um, Eric McCoy out of Texas A&M, 6'4", 315 pounds. He's also a junior, can play guard, can play center. Very athletic. Another guy who can get out and pull. Um, you know, really the the anchor of that uh, AM offensive line. Uh, Jesse Burkett, 6'4", 295 pounds out of Stanford. Nate Herbig may have been the most efficient offensive lineman uh, a season ago, but Jesse Burkett, when uh, he was injured, um, you really saw a difference there with the Stanford line. I think he's really the guy that makes uh, – makes that line work uh, as the Sam Mustafer, you know, Alex, Alex bars went down to injury. Uh, they brought in uh, Trevor Rulin and, and Sam Mustafer. that offensive line is really leaning on him the rest of the season, six, two, 305 pounds, uh, you know, a, a shorter squatty guy, but someone who I think can play at the next level. Um, just really an intelligent player. Um, and really, you know, the, the, the guy now that, uh, you know, that, line is really looking to a lot of younger guys on that line now and uh, Sam Mustafer is the guy that's going to be leading that Keegan Render out of Iowa 6'4 307 pounds you know that anyone playing uh, for Iowa up front is uh, going to be technically sound Um, Florida State having a tough season but I think Alec Everly has had a good year for them 6'4 294 pounds Um, you know just someone who um, it's just a veteran presence and, and a guy who I think can play at the next level. My last uh, center on the board, Jake Hansen out of Oregon, 6'5", 297 pounds, the junior. Um, I anticipate he'll be back for a senior year, uh, but someone who I think can uh, 
you know, another center who I think could play at the next level. So those are my offensive lineman rankings. And, uh, you know, it's something that has definitely been in, in flux throughout the, throughout the season. Like I said, I thought Yadni Kajust was a, was a guard, but the more I watch him, the, the footwork, um, and his ability to, uh, um, his ability to slide, you know, the, the pick up, um, speed rushers off the edge, just like uh, Yasuo uh, Nijman for Virginia Tech. You know, every time I watch him play, he continues to impress. Um, you know, and when you have uh, defensive linemen that are having to move away from you in order to make plays, you know that that speaks to um, you know your, your level of play, as you know is the case with with Wes Martin there at the offensive guard position. So those are some of the guys that are starting to sneak up into my rankings. And uh, you know, I, I always enjoy watching the the guys in the trenches. You know, I, that's where my eyes uh, naturally gravitate to. I want to watch those matchups. I want to see what those tackles are doing. You know, I want to see the footwork. I want to see the the leverage. I want to see the hand placement. I want to see all of those things. Can the offensive tackle um, handle the the secondary moves? Um, you know, what can they do? What do they do with the inside rush? You know, I want to see if the defensive linemen, you know, what do they have? Do they have, are they a one trick pony? Can they, um, you know, do they have multiple ways of, of getting to the quarterback, the pass rush moves? Do they have more than just one move in the repertoire? Can they affect the run? You know, are they, um, a one gap guy? Are they a two gap guy? Um, so I really enjoy a lot of, of, of the, the nuances there up front and, uh, as the season goes along, you know, we'll continue to take a look at this, continue to tweak it a little bit. Um, but I feel a lot better about uh, my top 10. Um, you know, as we get into week seven, um, you know, it, it's a lot easier to, to start grading some of these guys out. So I mentioned week seven. Do you realize that we're already two weeks into the uh, October college football season? It, it, it's insane. Uh, time is already flying. Um so let's go ahead and jump into this and just kind of talk about uh, what what to expect for the uh, the upcoming week. Uh, number twenty three USF um, South Florida the Bulls taking on Tulsa going to Oklahoma for this game. Uh, Jordan uh, Cronkite for uh, USF man three hundred yard day um, a, a week ago he'll be the guy to watch there in that game. Um, but Tulsa like I said they. They're a team that's really on the rise um, just from the standpoint of being able to um, challenge Houston the way that they did um, and really, you know, for three three quarters really played well um, before they finally gave in to the, the big play potential. Um, you know, Blankenship, I think, just doesn't have all the horses there. You know, I went through my top 10 and I just realized again, Tyler Bowling, you know, I, I would probably put him somewhere – after what he did to, to Ed Oliver, man, it, it's hard not to put him in, in the top uh, top five. Um, you know, Froholt, you know, I'd probably put him right there, right with Froholt. So it's probably, um, you know, Ben Shaw and, and Lindstrom and, and Dieter, Michael Jordan, uh, uh, Halter Froholt, and uh, Tyler Bowling um, in my top five there for the guards. Um, but uh, if you haven't gotten to see Tyler Bowling play, you'll get to see him there against USF. Um, as we scroll through, that's the Friday game, so that'll be tomorrow. 
Um, let's see, Utah takes on Arizona at home. So if you haven't gotten to see uh, Zach Moss, you get to see that. You'll also get to see uh, Sean Poindexter. He'll probably take on uh, Jalen Johnson, uh, the sophomore corner who had a 100-yard uh, interception return for touchdown against Stanford see, uh, a week ago. Um, so that'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, USC takes on uh, undefeated Colorado. Uh, number 19, Colorado Buffaloes going into L.A. Um, you'll get to see Steven Montez and LaVisca Chenault, um, you know, two guys that will be coming back to uh, Boulder next season, um, taking on the Trojans. Can they shore up, and I, I don't know that they can, can they shore up all the penalties? Um, you know, uh, again, when you have 18 penalties, 169 yards, and you've completed – 16 passes for 197 yards. Um, you know, that's just not going to get it done. Um, and when you go in there, you know, facing Colorado, and I think you've won, what, 18 home games in a row. Um, if they want to keep that record intact, then, uh, you know, there something's got to give. Let's see. Auburn took a heck of a tumble, went, went from top 10 down to number 21. They're taking on Tennessee. That should be an easy victory at home. That's going to be an angry team. Uh, Florida, 14th in the country now, taking on Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, the the Commodores, just don't have the horses this season. Um, you know, Derek Mason, you know, really good uh, defensive coach, um, and you know his defense is playing well. They just really don't have the horses on offense. Game to watch there in the Big Ten. Um, Iowa and Indiana, again, Indiana played Ohio State really tough. I'm getting to see um, them take on Iowa with uh, uh, Nate Stanley. You know, really that that quarterback battle, you know, Peyton Ramsey has been very efficient for the Hoosiers. um, So it'll be interesting to see who can win that battle. Um, Oklahoma State coming back off of the the loss to Iowa State, taking on a a K-State team, uh, two and four on the year. If they want to get to... You know, to be bowl eligible, this is a game they're going to have to win. Um, Buffalo, they're five and one on the year. They'll be taking on Akron. Akron has some some athletes on on the defensive side of the ball. Ulysses Gilbert, uh, Jamal Davis, and um, you know Kyron Brown, uh, Alvin Davis, uh, the safety, and then you'll have uh, you know Tyree Jackson. Um, you know, over thirteen hundred yards passing, seventeen touchdowns. Um, Khalil Hodge, the the linebacker, um, shooting for through you know another year with over uh, 100 tackles on the year. He had 150 a season ago. Really a lot of fun to watch. Um, let's see what else do we have. Duke, if you haven't gotten to see them, you know, definitely tune in. Watch uh, you know Daniel Jones. They've got Mark Gilbert the corner on the outside, um, the linebacker. Um, whose name escapes me. Um, but uh, Duke, 4-1 and one on the year. Um, see what that defense can do against, uh, you know, Georgia Tech, you know, the rambling wreck. What can they, you know, it'll be interesting to, to see the, the the matchup in that mesh of styles. Uh, BC um, taking on Louisville. Louisville having a down year this year. Um, and get to see A.J. Dillon, you know, really run all over that defense. Pitt, Pitt Panthers, 
they're three and three on the year. They're taking on Notre Dame. I would anticipate Notre Dame to have uh, an easy time there um, against the Panthers at home. Um, I think one of the games of the day, you know, really the games of the day will be uh, 2.30 Eastern. Uh, you got Georgia uh, against LSU, number two Bulldogs uh, going into Baton Rouge uh, to take on the Tigers, who are ranked number 13 in the country after their loss to Florida. Um, Washington taking on Oregon. Tell you what, uh, you know, Washington, 31-24 winners over UCLA. I wasn't all that impressed. Um, I think Oregon has a chance to to win this game. They should have beaten Stanford. Um, they're going to go in. Um, it'll be at Autzen. I think uh, you know, Oregon's going to get the win, the upset victory there over Washington in that game. Uh, Penn State taking on Michigan State at home. I think uh, you know Trace McSorley and company um, should get the W there. Texas, they're into the top 10, number nine in the country, taking on Baylor. Um, you know, I, I think Texas comes away with a victory there as well. Um, UCF, ranked number 10 in the country. Mackenzie Milton and company, they're taking on Memphis. I mentioned Daryl Henderson earlier, um, 934 yards on the ground, 12 touchdowns on the year already. Um, you know, this is a game, this is a, a game that UCF has to win if they want to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, Memphis is a tough out for them, um, and that could be a game that can get them into trouble. Let's see. Old Dominion, they're taking on Marshall. Um, if you get a chance to, to tune into that game, that'll be some fun to watch. Just see uh, you know, Old Dominion struggling this year, 1-5 on the on the season. But Jonathan Duhart, Travis Fulgham at, uh, at receiver, and then obviously uh, O'Shane Zimenez is, is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, rushing the passer on the outside. Um, let's see who else we have as we scroll through. The, Missouri taking on Alabama. Um, you know Drew Locke taking on um, Tua Tango Vailoa. You know what can he do against that tied defense? I think that's going to go a long way towards his draft stock. Um, is he going to be able to? Uh, be efficient against that Bama defense. You know, that defense showed that they were susceptible. You know, Ty Story was able to throw the ball a little bit against them. You've got a big arm with with Drew Locke. The question is going to be, is Emmanuel Hall going to be healthy enough to play in that game and be effective? Um, you know, I, I think Bama wins big. Um, but, you know, it's really going to hinge on what Drew Locke can do um, there for the Tigers. Uh, West Virginia going into Ames to take on Iowa State. That's a game that uh, Will Greer is going to have to watch out for. You know, if David Montgomery is is firing on all cylinders and you've got Brock Purdy there at quarterback now, Iowa State's defense, they've got a lot of confidence. Matt Campbell will have them up. That could be the trap game there for the Mountaineers, um, you know, if they're looking to have a, a perfect season, you know, going through, uh, through the Big 12. That's going to be a game to watch. And as we get through here, um, you know, the evening game, you'll have Michigan taking on Wisconsin, a battle of top 15 teams um, going to the big house. Um, you know, can Michigan, you know, can that offense, you know, it hasn't been all that impressive, especially, you know, with the weapons at the receiver position. You know, they've just haven't had the horses there on the on the perimeter. They're very much, a, you know, a, a grinded out type of team. They really rely on their defense a lot. Wisconsin, another team that loves to run the football. They, they rely on the defense as well. But Alex Hornibrook has been efficient as a passer, maybe a little bit more efficient than, than Shea Patterson. I think the Badgers end up winning that game. Um, and let's see. I think we're at the end of the list. Only other game that I saw, Arkansas 
you know, one and five, but, you know, after watching them against Alabama, you know, they could roll in, um, you know, coming home in Fayetteville um, for another game, taking on Ole Miss. Ole Miss is four and two. Um, you know, you'll get to see A.J. Brown. You'll get to see D.K. Metcalf. you get to see Greg Little. Um, but I think Arkansas might have, uh, might be able to get that upset win there um, at, at War Memorial Stadium. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this next week who are the you know the players that we're going to be talking about um you know what are the the upsets you know we we have at least one every single week um you know so what are the games that we're going to be talking about um you know i i think we've we've called out a few but there's going to be inevitably uh, someone um or or uh, a few players that uh, will catch our eye that uh, we weren't expecting. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing that some guys that, you know, if I haven't already um, had them on my radar, guys that I'm going to have to start paying attention to a little bit more. Um, So that's it for the podcast. It's kind of amazing that uh, we're already through, um, you know, six weeks of the season, you know, we're working on week number seven and uh, man, before we know it, we're going to be uh, heading into heading into the combine and all the pre-draft stuff. Um, so that's why all the work's being done right now. Trying to get through, like I said, as many games as possible. Had 15 games in week six. I'm shooting to do at least 15, hopefully even more than that, um, here for week seven. Want to get as much... Um, as many notes taken as possible. I've got uh, this, this giant... Uh, binder uh, notepad that I have and uh, you know it's one of those five subject you know college ruled uh, notebooks and you know I'm old school I like to put my notes down I like to be able to, to write it and I think that's really what helps me remember um, remember the players remember uh, the stats remember um, you know what they're what what they do I think it's uh, you know once I put it down on paper and I, I've, I've read some of my notes it really starts to click and I think that's really what helps me um, so you see these notebooks in, in my closet I have so many of these it's just you know as you're listening to the podcast you may hear me flip through pieces of paper and that's really me flipping through this notebook as I'm trying to find the next note to talk about the next player but uh Hopefully you've enjoyed the the podcast. Whether uh, you know you've picked me up on um, iTunes or um, iHeartRadio um, or any of the other outlets, you know I, I sure uh, enjoy bringing this to you. So I hope that you've enjoyed this as well. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Hope everyone has a great week. Be safe out there. Enjoy your weekend. And uh, until next time, everyone, this is Greg Shoots for ReadyForTheDraft.com. This is the Ready for the Draft podcast, and I am out of here. Take care, everyone.